0: Legacy Maker, the All Sports Network, presents a Sertoba Media production where the struggle is real to be awesome.
1: Five, four, three, two. The wait is over. Are so you giving it to Dale Earnhardt Jr. because he piggybacked off of his dad's name? The because only difference he pig- is because there was a Jr. at the end and not a Yes,
2: senior. yes, and okay. because and
3: because and because.
1: The fact is, point with oh my <laughs> god! I had Miami Heat winning last night. I was, I was upset too when they lost us with you because of the fact of what. Get your popcorn ready! It's time
0: for the in or out sports debate with your hosts,
4: Joe Dillard Jr. Legacy Maker Sports Network, host of Commonwealth Sports Talk,
0: and Drew Willingham.
4: Let's go.
1: Hello everyone, we are live with another edition of the Inner Out Sports Debate, episode 42. I am your host, Drew Willingham, along with this week's returning guest. He is a legend, and especially the founder of the Commonwealth Sports Talk, as well as a colleague of mine here at the Legacy Maker Sports Network. Give it up for Joe Diller Jr. Welcome back to the show, my man
4: man it's a pleasure to be here another day in paradise and on in and out let's get going baby
1: i appreciate you coming back my man and as always you know when it comes to the beginning of the show you know i always like to pay homage to the previous participants including yourself gotta check it out here with the vault of fame acknowledge me
4: this show was so important and this is why i am personally validating and vouching for this show if, if you are anybody in media sports professional wrestling anything you need to be on in or out sports debate with my man drew willingham
1: and i tell you what man this has been a fun ride when it comes to all of these episodes that we have had we have had now 42 episodes that are going to be in the book soon. My man Joe Diller Jr. is here with me, and he is from the Commonwealth Sports Talk, as we discussed here on the previous episodes. I hope you guys that are my current fans have definitely checked it out if you haven't had a chance to check it out. Next week, as we've discussed on the previous episode, we have the episode 43 special edition coming up this Sunday at 8:30 p.m. Eastern, as well as the best of episodes 26 through 30 you can see next monday at 7 p.m eastern here on the legacy maker sports network also check this show out here on facebook instagram tiktok twitter and twitch at the handles listed here as well as the audio handles promos here as well when it comes to the apple google's podcast spotify amazon prime anchor.fm as well as you can download on itunes we are here for episode 42 with my guy, Joe Diller Jr. We have a bunch of rounds ready to rock. Let's go ahead and get this thing started with round one. Round one. Now, i tell you what, with round one, we have the New York Mets. The New York Mets should be concerned about the small lead they have over the Braves in the NL East with only a month left in the season. How do you feel about this, Joe? Are you in or are you out on this?
4: (sighs) Got to be in on this one. Again, Mets fan. Love my Mets. But I have to be a realist first and foremost. And let me tell you something. To not be aware of the reigning champs. To not be aware of this little small lead we have. Uh, we would have to be asinine to not do that. So we have to continue playing Mets baseball. Hitters have got to hit. Pitchers have been doing a great job. But to act like the Braves aren't chomping at our feet, we've got to really win the division because we need to have that momentum going into the postseason.
1: You're absolutely right. And when it comes to this right here, I mean, you got to be concerned. You've got the Braves right here on your heels. And not only that, I feel like we should go back to see what you were talking about when it comes to your Mets right around trade deadline time when you were here for episode 25. The New York Mets will need to make more moves by the deadline if they want a shot at clinching the NL East this season. Joe, how do you feel about this? Are you in or are you out on this topic? In.
4: You know, it's very easy for me to say we could win it without a move. However, with our pitchers coming back, and 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 our ace coming back, I feel like we are in a prime position to have a great rotation going into winning time. Going into September, October, you've got to have pitchers that are going to hold you down throughout the end. And so You know, with us having a one two combo that rivals versus anybody in MLB, I think we need to make a move in our bullpen and we need another bat. You know, in a perfect world, let's go dump all our guys, all our prospects and get Soto and be happy and push for it. But we're not the Dodgers. So we get a reliever or two. Um, we get another bat surehand bat in the lineup, and then I feel like we're pushing for a pennant run by winning that division. Let's
1: go Mets. And when it comes to this topic, I actually agree with you as well. I'm in on this too. When it comes to the NL East, the Mets are still in the lead six six weeks later, which six weeks later since we were last together on the show, and they right. still have the lead on over the Braves, a three-game lead in a live update here on August 30th. Both teams are actually playing right now. The Mets and the Dodgers are tied at the top of the six, and the Braves and the Rockies are playing. It is the end of the fourth right now, and they are tied two to two. It is going to take the all of the next month to see who is going to take the win in the NL East. Whoever doesn't win is definitely get a wild card spot. They're going to Absolutely. be in the playoffs regardless. Um, it's just going to be it's it's important to win this division because it's positioning. Um, the first round, of course, you know you get home positioning, you know home field advantage. So divi- diviner, division winner definitely get top notch over wild card any day of the week. And
4: since you're quoting it, it's the same thing too, where it – We are playing hot ball going into September, October. That only benefits you regardless what seed you end up being. You want to play your best ball. So if we play our best ball and it still falls short to where we fall short to the Braves, but when in the postseason, hey, all you can ask for is your best ball going into September and October.
1: Absolutely. I mean, when it comes to the Atlanta Braves, you're the defending champions, right? You, you have lost some pieces. Um, but the biggest thing I want to go back to when it comes to our previous episode, Joe, is we were talking about the trade and, and, and they should be making moves. And when you actually look into what the New York Mets did since that July 18th episode you and I had, um, mm-hmm. they really haven't done much. Um, they acquired the catcher Michael Perez from Pittsburgh in exchange for cash. Other than that, they really but have Daniel played. Vogelback.
4: Daniel Vogelback as well, is brought from Pittsburgh left-handed uh, switch hitter used as a dh, but you are hundred percent right where you were going. We did not acquire the bat that was necessary to make us feel confident. But like I told you in the first episode, you're gonna feel confident when you have Mad Max and Jacob Degrom coming one two for you in whatever postseason series you face, you know, and that's 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 what we're hanging our hat on. You
1: know, so, and I'm not saying this as a Braves fan or anything or whatsoever. I'm doing this, you know, strictly media. But like when you're the defending champions, right, and you've only you're only back by three games, and it's the last day of August. That's still very. You, you, they're on your heels. They're nipping at your heels. You're not safe. So when you put all that into perspective, and they've been playing pretty good, they just have—they've been hot and cold at certain points of the year. But this is the most important time of the year. September is right here, as of the stroke of midnight, my man. So we are here to September time, and it's got—they've got four weeks left of the MLB. That, you know, Pujols Break. going for seven hundred, Aaron Judge going for sixty, and we got this. Are the three biggest things in baseball right now in my opinion and I'm not just saying that because we're both fans of one of these topics that I'm saying of the top 3. I'm saying this cuz it's legit, my man.
4: It's legit. It's facts. Judge is going to switch teams and stay in the same town. You remember that.
1: Oh, that's definitely going to be something we may have to talk about during the off season, but for right now, we got to stick with what's happening. And with that, let's go ahead and carry that momentum into round two with Joe D.
3: Round two.
1: Here with round two, the acquisition of Patrick Beverly is huge for the Los Angeles Lakers. How do you feel about this, my man? Are you in or are you out on the fact that this is huge for the Lakers?
4: I'm out. My dad would kick my ass if I said that Patrick Beverly is very important for the Los Angeles Lakers and what they're trying to do to win a championship. There's no way the word huge fits that narrative. When you go two for one, get a guard, we already have a guard. Even though he's a good ball player, nothing about this trade makes sense other than thinking that now they may have a suitor for Westbrook somewhere. But I'm just not a believer in that that being a huge deal for the Los Angeles Lakers or even making them feel like they've changed positions in where they're listed for the NBA Western Conference. So I'm out on that one, buddy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you definitely have a compelling argument. There's, before I even give my take on it, I'd like us to see this uh, Patrick Beverly highlight video put together for us. Even with all of that said, I agree with Joe. I'm out on this as well. Don't let those highlights fool you. I am not sold on Patrick Beverly um, being a huge piece for the Lakers, especially with Russell Westbrook being there. I feel like whether he leaves or not, whether Westbrook gets traded, dealt, however, Beverly's not going to be that big of a piece. That You'd be better off keeping them both there and seeing how they coexist. I just I'm, I just, I'm not sold on Patrick Beverly coming into this team and bringing them back to the 2020 form, which they got lucky with how they won that championship, being the fact that they were in the bubble and had all that rest before they got there as well. Yeah. I, I like
4: Pat Beverly, man. I'm not going <laughs> to sugarcoat it. I like Pat Beverly because he's an alpha dog mentality. Comes from Arkansas where they breed dogs there. Guys, they get after 94 feet. I love all of that, but... The NBA is a skilled league, and when you're able to do what you did in Minnesota, that's great because those guys haven't achieved the levels of success that LeBron, AD, and whoever else comes along for the ride when he's in L.A. So will we see that same Patrick Beverly you saw in that Minnesota uniform, or will we just see another sideshow Bob to LeBron's carnivore of of rides? So I'm not sure what Patrick Beverly we're going to get in L.A.
1: Yeah, we 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 don't want to see any more sideshows, you know. I you know, LeBron is not my king. MJ is still number one. However, I still like watching good basketball, and I don't want to see them implode. Uh, I'd like for him to be a good piece for him, but I'm just not sold on him coming in being and being the keyword huge piece. You know, huge acquisition for this team. That's why I got to go out on that. But when it comes to like you know breaking news and you know big pieces moving around. We got some breaking news to come up with here on the Interhouse Sports Debate. <laughs> and that breaking news is this next Tuesday we will have a double debate Tuesday. Episode 44 will be here with Brian Snow of Snowman in the Morning with Cole Johnson for episode 44 next Tuesday afternoon at 3.30 p.m. Eastern here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network, as well as, following that episode 45, James Brown of the Legacy Maker Sports Network will be returning for episode 45, same day that evening at 8.15 p.m. Eastern here on the Interhouse Sports Debate. However, we are here for episode 42, a monumental one, Joe D. is Back for the fire. Let's go ahead and take this into round three and see what we got going, going, cooking here with round three. Round three. You know the uh, the unfortunate news that we we received. You know, less than forty eight hours ago, it seems, for the Washington Commanders, when it comes to their starting running back that they had penciled in for the start of this season. He was getting picked up on fantasy team, fantasy leagues. They were starting to go nuts on this. It was starting to, you know, be a big buzz that Antonio Gibson was not going to be number one. And it was Brian Robinson Jr. And with that being said, Brian Robinson Jr. is lucky to still have a future in the NFL after being shot twice in his lower body this past Sunday. How do you feel about this, Joe? Are you in or are you out on this?
4: Absolutely, in on this. We're talking about life and death outside of football, risk of losing your life. Anytime you get to recover and recover to doing what you love doing, it is a blessing to be in that position. So, I'm very happy for Brian Robinson to be recovering and having a speedy recovery. And also already he has gone to the back to the team facility. So when you talk about a guy that is 100% vested into his future with Washington Commanders, I mean, we have to be 100% invested into him too as he was about to win the starting job. And we have to heal him back to recovery mentally and physically so that he's ready to provide for us, even if it is later down the year. But just to have him back in the facility is amazing 48 hours later. So I just think he is very lucky to gotten away with that. Somebody must have been very desperate in D.C. because they cannot do our commanders like that. Please be mine. Absolutely. So,
1: absolutely. I definitely agree with this. I'm in on this as well. It was sad, very sad news, because when you see the highlights that I'm about to show you here in a second of how Brian Robinson played so far during that preseason, Definitely earned a a roster spot and kept his roster spot, you know, despite everything that happened, did get shot in the lower, lower extremities of himself. However, it's not life-threatening. He was in the training facilities today. Um, uh, it looks like he's going to heal up well. And from what even, you know, the, the higher authorities within the organization are saying he could be even playing at some point this year, which is remarkable. Um, you know I haven't really heard an exact pinpointed date on you know the timetable for when he's coming back but the man just got shot 48 hours ago so I mean I wouldn't expect to have an actual date on that but the fact that the the wounds weren't too severe that he was able to have surgery and be out of the hospital in less than 48 hours for one to be at the training facility you know the Washington Commanders training facility today and when you hey, when you think about all that, when it comes to this uh, this running back, it's definitely pretty pretty sad that we've had to endure that. When it comes to um, you know that whether you're a fan of the team or just in football in general, just to see that you know we definitely both agree he's definitely lucky to have a future in the NFL. Not only that, but his life um, wrestling wrestling away you know two assailants to try to you know keep himself from getting carjacked. And getting shot, you know, it's going to put him on the shelf for a while, but he's lucky to not only have a future but to be alive for that, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, a weapon, especially a gun when that's involved.
4: Absolutely. But, you know, that film you just showed, I fell in love with it all over again. The cuts, the vision, the patience, the angles, the power. What doesn't he display? And that just to me is just why there's so much buzz going with him walking into week one. And 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 usually you don't get that chance as a rookie, but when, when Gibson put the ball on the ground, this guy picked it up and never was going to give it back. You know, it took this situation to kind of give Gibson another shot. So we hope B-Rob gets his recovery and gets to contribute this year, but he's definitely lucky to have, uh, be able to count his blessings and be reporting to camp today and just be a part of football today, two days removed.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, just – you know, we're both, you know, we both are fans of the team, you know, obviously when it comes to certain things that we say when it comes to how we answer this. Uh, it's just for one to know that he's going to be able to come back, but for two to be able to carry on uh, with Alex Smith's situation. That was an injury on the field and nobody knew, even though he was clamoring to come back and it was huge success. This is completely different, but it's still in the same category of potentially could could have been life threatening. And he's going to come back from it. It looks like so. This could be two successful Washington stories in less than five years that we'll have. You know, hell, less than three years. So, Absolutely. with everything considering, with all that, everything. but with all, yeah. mm-hmm, most definitely. And with that, we we have now gone through the midway point of the show. Let's go ahead and acknowledge these comments that have been lightened up here on the platforms. Let's go ahead and see what comments we got to see here when it comes to the Interhouse Sports Debate, episode 42. We'll start this off with a YouTube comment from Dark Medea. Looks like a nice Stewie Griffin picture right there. It says, what's up, guys? <laughs> Our guy, Darrell Lee Owens, Sr. of the Legacy Maker Sports Network, says, Drew and Joe is hype for this episode. Talking about the Braves are creeping up and only three games back. Yes, yes, they definitely are. We're going to have to see what happens when it they, comes to this they, NL East. They've been within
4: five for the last month. They ain't creeping. We know they're there.
1: We, we know they're, that. They're sticking around. They ain't going nowhere. They're going to be right there. John Campbell, the Braves will win the NL East. Well, I hope you're right there, John Boy Billy, because I, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to be right when it comes to that or not. The Mets are a good team, just not ready yet, says Dark.
4: A lot, of, hmm. a lot of Mets hate out here. I see.
1: The Braves are the champs. I agree with Drew. I, I got You got to stay yeah, the like...
4: champs. I'm not going to knock that. But for the whole year, we've been running the Braves through the mud in regards to holding the NL East. Last year, they caught us by now and already had passed us, and we had broke down. We are completing a full 162. Baseball season as a Mets organization. So, therefore, unfortunately, we'll see you in the postseason. That's all I can say.
1: Yeah. I mean, they are the champs. We got to acknowledge it with this. Yeah. Are the champs, the reigning champs currently, but am I going to sit here and say that they're going to be the champs this season? No. Currently reigning champs, however, can't quite say confidently yet that they're going to win it all this year. Um, Can't do that. Uh, When it comes to our next comment, uh, after that it looks like John says, Beverly is trash. Does not like Patrick Beverly. How do you feel about that show to it's that good, comment? We didn't we didn't go that far when we were saying our rebuttals yeah, I can't say he's
4: trash. I mean, compared to maybe, but he's an NBA player. So anytime you can dress him up and lace him up in the NBA, you're 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 not trash. You just you're you're a role player. I mean, that's essentially what you're asking him to be. He's a role player, and that's not gonna help the Lakers be better at all.
1: Yep. Dark says beverages will make its way to the hall of fame
4: beverages
1: talking about beer is that what your emoji means there probably Uh, probably
4: before beverly beer before beverly in the hall of fame is what i think he's saying
1: (laughs) absolutely you might have to clarify here soon at least let us know before we get to the second round of comments the end of the show What you mean by beverages will make the hall of fame or was that a typo but now you got the beer and the laughing emoji B-Rob looked sick during the preseason. So, yes, we would definitely acknowledge that. Um, he definitely did look um, sick during the preseason. Uh, it's it's going to be sad to see that he might not be back until the halfway point of the season, if that. But the fact that we're even able to say that he could potentially be coming back at some point of the season is a miracle, considering what just happened 48 hours ago to him. Absolutely. So uh, when it comes to all that, you know, you you can't you, you can't, it, uh, can't deny the fact that this kid's tough if they're already talking about the fact that he's going to be coming back already. John Kimball says the Commanders suck. Have uh, your own opinion. Have your own yeah. team.
4: They better have more than three titles, whoever your team is, John. Uh, but at the end of the day, John, you have your own opinion. Just meet us in Washington with that statement.
1: I think if the commanders could form themselves into one person, into a promo, they would come back at you at this to pump themselves up before the start of the season
2: jabroni and the rock says this big show did the rock call you a jabroni you damn right he did he called 20 others a jabroni as well shut your mouth and look at the rock read the rock's lips jabroni j-a-b-r-o-n-i-x-y-z-a-b-c oh it doesn't matter how you spell jabroni
1: absolutely the rock was spot on with that And that's how I feel when it comes to how they would respond to that. He does say that the running back is decent, though.
4: Yeah, I mean, you got to recognize him. He's probably a Bama fan. You know, half of the nation's a Bama fan, so he's got to give credit. But our whole running back room is decent. And so hopefully we'll have an opportunity to expose them with great matchups.
1: Ah, he says he'll win two Super Bowls in the future. I hope so. With this team? Answer that, John Kimball. I'll acknowledge that at the end. We got to get going here in a second, but we'll see what else we got. Dark says, John Kimball related to Doc Brown, talking about he'll win (laughs) two Super Bowls in the future. John Kimball then says, No, I have visions at Dark.
4: Okay. Hilarious. 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 And then John
1: Kimball comes back with, I would beat you both in a tag team. Oh, you would? Well, The Rock had this to say about a tag team match. And The Rock is going to make it very simple. No convoluted plans. No twists, no turns, no plots.
2: And it goes like this. Here's the WWF tag team title. Here's the door. Here's the ceiling. Here's the floor. Here's a man with no testicles. And here's The Rock. And here's the people's eyebrow. Here's the people's elbow. And here's The Rock's boot, which means he's going to take it. And with both your candy all over Charlotte.
1: absolutely that's what i have to say about that if you're going to come here and you're going to be challenged people to tag team matches just bring it just like the rock says just bring it and lastly before we go to the next round what's wrong with kimmy i don't know your guess is as good as ours you guys figure that out in the comments maybe we can acknowledge that here at the end in the medial mayhem culmination here at the end of the mayhem culmination but for right now, we do need to take this into the next round in round four.
3: Round four.
1: And here with round four, we go to the by the number segment, with this being episode 42, monumental, just like they all are, but this one especially. Mariana Rivera is the greatest athlete to ever wear, the number 42 in all of sports. How do you feel about this, Joe? I know where you're going, but they don't know yet. Are you in or are you out? I am out.
4: I'm going to talk to y'all like Wilson from Home Improvement. Howdy, neighbor. There's a guy by the name of Robinson who wore 42 who just might have edged Rivera Rivera is great. Well, let's not get it twisted, but the original 42 is saved in all of baseball. Who can say they have the whole league when your number for a day of baseball. I, that is an amazing feat right there. So Jackie is my 42. He takes it all the way back. He's humble. Every game he played was an away game. Every game he played, he was the underdog. So, I just give him his credit because that's doing it with humility and he did not have inter sandman when he came to the field.
1: <laughs> you know you 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 come here with a compelling argument and I've when I think about it there's really nothing to think about here. I'm out on this too. Uh, when it comes to the best athletes ever wear, number 42, of course you got to give it to Jackie Robinson. The barriers that he broke uh, coming into baseball to help African-Americans, you have to give him the nod when it comes to this, when it comes to number 42. I don't even have Mario Rivera at two, Joe. I don't even really? have him at two. Even though he has a, a like one of the nastiest cutters, if not the nastiest cutters, cutter in the history of Major League Baseball, right? And he was right. the last person to wear number 42 in baseball because of the grandfather clause, because of when they changed it. However, right. I got to give the nod to Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott, hey, when it comes to football and what he did while playing football, he only played 192 games, but he has 63 interceptions and five touchdowns, as well as four Super Bowls within that time frame, and only played for 13 seasons from 81 to 94. So when you put all that in perspective, he was a 10-time Pro Bowler during that time frame as well. I got to give it to Ronnie a lot endurance. Um, when it comes to um, you know the fact that he played a harder sport, Rivera came in as a closer and played very minimal innings because he was dependable at certain points. But when you put it to when you compare. Football and baseball. I, I, when it comes to football, I usually give it the nod unless the stats are just completely stupid and mind-boggling. Even though Mariano Rivera's stats were crazily good, he, in my opinion, not as good as Lot when it comes to forty-two. I got to put Rivera at third, Lot at two, and when it comes to one, you got to give it to Jackie Robinson.
4: I do have a hometown hero, forty-two Terry Kirby out of Tab High School in UVA. 42 was held very strong by him every time he wore it as well. So I just had to give that little Commonwealth sports tidbit on the side right there. Can't leave my Virginians out.
1: You know, there's nothing wrong with being a fan of something that's hometown or a little bit homegrown, especially if it's not like professional sports when it comes to that. When we did episode 33, my baseball number for when I play adult baseball is 33. So I, I was like, Is this, uh, I asked Cody. I said, Was this kind of close to Kareem Abdul Jabbar? What do you think, Joe? Let's see real quick.
4: I got a quote for you, and I know you won't know what movie this is. For. In a hook shot. I need to see it. In a hook shot. You asked about Kareem thirty three. That's what that was in a hook shot right there. That's pretty comparable because you're in your prime, aren't you? <laughs>
3: uh,
1: I, I don't feel like it some days, but exactly. I guess you can say it. I'm exiting my prime. We can say it's it's coming to a it's coming to a close here. Let shortly. me tell you, what feel you
4: feel did was harder than what Kareem does when he shoots the hook shot. That's the that's the mm-hmm. most non checkable move in basketball is that hook shot. So I'm going to give you some credit by being out there, still being able to swing that thing.
1: My man, my man. I, I didn't have as good of a year this year. Like the numbers decline and like the, the way I've been playing is not, but my team got better. We got to the semifinals and almost made it to the finals this year. And we Ooh. beat the seven times straight league champions in one of those games in the five game series. We lost three games to one. So definitely we, we, we can hang our hats to something good for this season. I'm definitely proud of it when it comes to this Mario Rivera is not the greatest athlete to ever wear the number 42. And that's why speechless. this is a no brainer, Joe. That's why. You know, speechless. We 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 have speechless. to we have to give it to Jackie Robinson here when it comes to that. You know, when it comes to the greatest athlete to ever wear number 42. Absolutely. And w- And with that said, let's go ahead and take this into a special bonus round for an updated set of news we got recently when it comes to football. Surprise, motherfucker. That's right, surprise when it comes to surprises And we were all surprised this week when it comes to Jimmy G's recent contract restructuring with a no trade clause speaks volumes on the team's confidence in Trey Lance. How do you feel about this, Joe? Are you in or are you out on this?
4: I'm out. I think it's a different perspective if you follow out right here that we went through three preseason games and no big quarterbacks went down, no nothing, no injuries during practices. So the 49ers go, hmm, let's offer Jimmy G a backup role since he's not getting what he wants. And instead of paying him 24, we can restructure as six with plenty of clauses. You look at it, no trade, trouble with trade. I look at it as Jimmy gets to call his shot where he wants to go regardless. I call it Jimmy wants to if he's traded this year before the trade deadline, he gets to call it because it's a no trade clause. If he doesn't like where they want to send him, he just takes his six million and is a free agent next year. So I think it's kind of a team and player friendly deal. I actually don't think it has anything to do with Trey Lance, believe it or not. I think it will affect him, but I don't think it has anything to do with him. I think that they're just happy they're not paying a backup 24 million and that they could have Jimmy G for one more ride to secure this growth process of Trey Lance.
1: You know, I'm kind of conflicted when it comes to this because, you know, they're not trading him, right? So they're keeping him. There's a no trade clause. He's even going to get paid less, so he's helping the cap out so that way they can make some more moves during the season, potentially restructure some deals to help out. He wants to stay in San Francisco. And when I put all that in perspective, I have to disagree. I have to say that I am in on this when it comes to this team and their lack of confidence in Trey Lance. When you you really think about what Jimmy G has done for this team, right, I don't know if – this team was potentially watching the Legacy on Fire episode that we had from last week here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. But I went off on this San Francisco 49ers management. Actually, made a highlight reel of this two minutes and 45 seconds. 49ers, if you didn't see this or their fans, go ahead and check this out. This was straight fire from Legacy on Fire. Put out the fire section. Fire, 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 fire. Legacy on
2: Fire. All
4: right, next one. My man, putting it out last here, Mr. Drew Willingham. Drew, it's time for you, sir, to put out the fire.
1: Before I get started, I want to apologize to Kyle because I did not know you were a 49ers fan before the show started. (laughs) You might not want to listen to this because my fire is on the San Francisco 49ers because Mm -hmm. of their management and how they're treating this quarterback situation. This is a joke. Why is Jimmy G still there? It is almost September. What are you doing to this guy? What are you doing to the confidence of him, this team? He's out there telling the media that he deserves to be the starting quarterback over Trey Lance. It is factoid in the news within the past week. When you've got the rumblings in the dark of this, this is what brings down teams. You're about to be the Washington commanders of the NFC if this doesn't get fixed soon this year. When it comes to management, when it comes to having trust, When it comes to being a team leader, managing a team, no matter if it's sports, no matter if it is a team, no matter if it's journalism, no matter what it is, there has to be transparency and trust. You have to be able to trust the top. If they're not 100% honest with you, then how can you trust them? People start packing their bags and walking out the door on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday randomly when they are one of the biggest Pieces to your team. And what has Jimmy G been? A pretty big piece to this 49ers team. They've been a big, big contributor. Just like, you know, Darrell for Legacy Maker, me, James, you for three-point conversion. You know, you're a big deal for your team. So you have to be treated well from above in order to perform. And Jimmy G isn't performing because he's not being treated well. He's not given the opportunity. He's about to pack his bags and leave. What are you going to get for him? What are you going to get for them, 49ers? I'm sick and tired of watching people walk out the door because they're not treated fairly because there's too much pettiness going on at the top and too mu- too many people being friends with each other in the front office. Get it together. Treat your people right or they're going to walk out the door. I just don't agree with holding someone back on their potential. When they could be flourishing somewhere man. else, um, it, it's, when it's, you could be holding them back and there's somebody who doesn't deserve to be in their place – it's kind of like this. Darrell's doing a great production right now, and same thing with three-point conversion with myself. We do video productions. Anybody can press record, talk on a camera, and hit stop. We're doing productions. So DJ. when you compare it, Trey Lance doesn't have the statistics that Jimmy G does and when he hasn't been proven. He didn't play behind Thomas Edward Patrick Brady the second, do and learn how to be a quarterback <laughs> and take a team to the Super Bowl like Jimmy G did. So got to give my props to Jimmy G. Got to fight for people and be a team player when I get the opportunity. And that's what I'm doing right now. Fire, 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 fire. fire. I think they tuned in.
4: I love that snippet. I'm, I am I 100% disagree with you and still love your point.
3: I I can see
4: your point. I 100% disagree with you. But I'm telling myself, I'm like, he sounds right. It makes sense, but there's a flip side to it. Did he not have surgery, Drew? Did he not show anybody he could throw past surgery, Drew? Did he not You're have – Are you age? talking about last season? I'm talking about – I'm talking about Jimmy, Porn Jimmy walking into Are you talking about last season? Are talking about what he did season. last season? No, off-season coming into now. He had off-season surgery. He has not been able to show that he's thrown since having that off-season surgery. And now him being extended, I think the 49ers did him a justice. He was going to be sitting out. They should have cut him, so they didn't have to pay him anything. Because that's what the NFL normally does when well, they don't. They still were taking justice. a cap they
1: They still were taking a dead cap hit. Yeah, they, I mean, you're one way right. or another, way another they were going to pay I'm just for it. But saying
4: though, that's an option, wasn't it? Wasn't it an option to cut him? And when... my theory, my theory is, is Jimmy G had his run. He had a chance for him to show himself that he was their guy whether this management's doing a wrong decision or not, I still think that you can't give Trey a this sentence off of preseason. Patrick Mahomes sat a whole year, played the next year. I'm sure everybody thought Alex Smith was the best thing that Andy Reid threw away, and this that that happened. We Nobody called that except for Lewis Riddick. Everybody else was like, I don't even know who Patrick Mahomes is. I don't know. Texas Tech, I think. He plays bas- baseball too, like. You didn't know. And to see a kid learn on the fly is how you learn who he truly is. Jimmy G has not learned nothing. It is the same Jimmy G that sat behind Tom Brady that played in the Super Bowl that hurt himself to try to. Well, I mean, Jimmy G's never won a game for San Fran in the playoffs. He's never lost it, but he's never won it.
1: Well. I do have this to say for playing behind Thomas Edward, Patrick Brady the second, getting to Super Bowls, by the way, getting the team, the 49ers, to the Super Bowl just a few years ago. They lost, but he still got them there. Um, check out and, and, and until he gets on the field and has time this year to prove us wrong. This is what Jimmy Garoppolo did last year, Joe. Second down and seven.
0: Garoppolo going to the air. Over the middle, Debo Samuel with his first catch. And Samuel in the Lions territory and down at the 46-yard line. Jeff Okuda finally caught him, but yes, it is a first. motion's <laughs> out to empty the set. Eleventh <laughs> play of this drive is a Garoppolo pass. Down the seam and he connects. There goes Debo Samuel. Yards after contact, stepping out of bounds near the 10-yard. <laughs> Garoppolo off the play action. Look into the end zone, it is caught. Touchdown, Ross Dwelly. Right now, if you're San Francisco, you're really playing to get in field goal range and spike it. Garoppolo looking deep. He's got Debo Samuels separating, and he makes the catch. Inside the five. Now they have to run all the way down and clock. Garoppolo keeps it. Jimmy Garoppolo's in. Another one. Touchdown 49ers, and he heaves it into the crowd.
2: They're going on fourth and five from the L.A. 40. Garoppolo got it across, and it's Samuel breaking
0: away. Touchdown 49 Community set now trying to cash in the Niners from the 24 first and 10. Garoppolo, look at the time and to the end zone. Caught it's a touchdown, grab by George Kittle. Garoppolo, oh, what a catch by Kittle! George Kittle with the catch. Wilson to the backfield. IOC on the move. Good time. And downfield he goes. Kittle on the fly. Rocketing one downfield to about the 17. would have made it a 54-yard field goal instead. Wilson was in the backfield. First and 10. Garoppolo. Downfield. Samuel. Stiff arms his way into Harmon. Garoppolo surveying end zone. Caught for the touchdown. ayuk has got it. And an extra point away from tying it up. Garoppolo for Samuel, he's got it! Down near the 20! Pass is caught, Jennings touchdown, 49ers! The curse is on him. Garoppolo, lofts it, Caught! Jennings, first down from the 25. Garoppolo has time, fires it to an open, Ayuk, look at that six Gets a block from Debo and he's all the way to the Cowboy 38, that's a gain of 37 yards. Second and 10, pass to Kittle, wow what a catch was he inbounds you can't believe was completed for a first down. Garoppolo has to step up and now just flips it. Pass caught by Mitchell. And he's down near the 31. But there's no doubt you're going to have to get a play somewhere along the line. He throws to Kittle. There's a play. First down inside the 30. Good throw. Good catch. Garoppolo, Ayuk, hit in stride, and he just couldn't stay in bounds. He was gone, but his momentum carried him up. Second and 11, Garoppolo, end zone, Kettle, touchdown, 49ers.
1: just like that, what do you think, man? Or do you, does that change your mind at all? Do you see them potentially losing confidence in Trey Lance and them giving him another chance at being two, the guy in San Francisco?
4: Two things good and two things bad. One thing I saw, he didn't bring what Tom Brady taught him, which is to step into his passes. Therefore, he threw off his back foot a lot. So my theory is is that the run allowed him to have a lot of open windows to get these passes. I did see like three or four good window passes, but for the most part, back leg throwing. And secondly, Trey Lance allows that bootleg play action to be electric. And that is what Shanahan lives off of is counters and off tackles. And if you live off a counter and off tackle, that's a far stretch reach, which comes with a longer bootleg run, which isn't what we just witnessed. We saw shotgun and play action straight back so I'm not saying Jimmy can't do it I saying he had his chance and Kyle is saying that you don't fit my system I can't have all these runners and you sit as a straight drawback quarterback and you can't stretch the play action like that Jimmy's a good quarterback he's going to be good somewhere but what, what, what Kyle is doing they're believing in Trey Lance like like you could put Lamar at where where San Fran is, and I can guarantee you they'll win three out of seven championships if Lamar was to be under Kyle Shanahan's play call Because that's what Kyle needs and wants. A guy like Lamar Jackson. And that's what he's banking on Trey being. Whether he is or isn't, we'll we'll see. You we gotta let the tape roll. You know that? That's
1: a that's a- the first time we've really been like against each other on this uh, the show, and, and that was a good way. To, we both had some good, compelling arguments on that. I definitely like where you're going with that. Fans, let us know what you were thinking while we were playing those highlight videos, and, and what you think of our takes here when it comes to Jimmy G in this bonus round. With that said, we still have one more round left here on episode 42. Let's get going to that here on the Interhouse Sports Debate. Final round. Here with the final round on episode 42. Let's take it back to Washington and talk about Carson Wentz. Although Carson Wentz has been dependable during training camp, the odds are not in his favor to start all 17 regular season games this season. When it comes to this final topic, when it comes to Carson Wentz, Joe, how do you feel about this? Are you in or are you out on this? I'm
4: in. I, I'm, I'm in on this one. It's it's it's, Pat, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick part two. OK, you know, this is a Washington fan speaking for a Washington community and what we should have saw last year where we knew Patrick might not have been able to play 17. And right now we're not banking on Carson playing 17. We have a formidable black backup with Taylor Heineke proven that he could play five to seven games. There's not but a handful of quarterbacks in the NFL right now that are penciled in for 17 games. One of them's Aaron Rodgers because he's smart not to get hurt. Another guy because he's durable. But essentially, you're not going to have more than five, six, seven quarterbacks where you're like, oh, we don't have to worry about a backup. You always have to have a backup, or you always have to be prepared for a quarterback not the last 17. It only takes one hit, and we know Carson's history. So you only hope we get the best 11, 10, 9, or wherever many games he lines up for us. We just want the best version of him.
1: Yeah, I, you know, when it comes to Carson Wentz being dependable, you know, this preseason, preseason doesn't teach us much. Carson Wentz being dependable during training camp doesn't mean much to me. The odds are not in his favor, of course. I'm definitely in on it. You know, when it comes to Carson Wentz and, and what he's done in football, he his numbers weren't horrible last year in Indianapolis. However, um, just him snapping his ankles on that one play will forever be on my mind. And you know what? Joe and I were talking about Carson Wentz on Episodes 25. Let's take it back to highlight headquarters and check out this for our final round. You know, you bring up some good arguments with that but I have to respectfully disagree. I'm out. I have to bring up the fact that last season for the Colts in one play, Joe, he snapped both of his ankles. He snapped both of his ankles in one play, Joe. I'm sorry, but on the same play, it's not (laughs) like he hurt his one ankle earlier in the game or even last week. And was like, I'm a tough son of a bitch. I'm going to come out here. And I'm going to play through this pain and snap the other one. No, on the same play. It takes a special talent to snap both of your ankles on one play, my man. Come on. Come on. You really have this high hope for Carson Wentz. I would love to as a Washington Commanders fan, Washington football, as a whatever fan. But I've got to keep it 100 with you. Come on, man. Do you really think both of those ankles? It supports all your weight. Your feet supports your weight. Your legs support your weight. And if something goes bad with your wheels, that's important in football. You, you gotta keep the upright. Your <laughs> wheels. I'm saying. And with your wheels, they got they keep you upright. So with your wheels, you've got to have good wheels to get yourself in football. You gotta, gotta be mobile enough, especially Look. running away from that offensive line with the Washington Look. Commanders. Look. I am out. I am out. Go back to your ranch, Carson Wentz. Get away from football. We got a better shot with Taylor Haneke.
4: Woo, we do. But, Drew, let me just tell you this. I said it last year with Fitzpatrick, and I'm going to say it same with Carson. I need 11 games. It could be 10. Hell, I'll take nine because Taylor showed he could do it. Give me nine games. And then your knees and your ankles just don't want to do it no more. Then, you know, we I find out we're the pit for quarterbacks, then that's the case. But I just need nine productive games. And imagine nine productive games with Carson Wentz and then seven with a, or I'm sorry, what is it, 16? So 17 games, so eight games again with Taylor Heineke, who he's familiar with already. I'm only speaking for Terry. You know, I can't speak for Carson. Carson may even have a butt fumble, but if Terry gets 120 grabs this year, Terry's winning, you know, his best quarterback before this was Taylor Heineke.
1: That's straight from the highlight headquarters from our episode 25 straight out of the vault of fame right there. And when you look at that, when you, when you see what we were both saying there, when it comes to Carson Wentz fans, you let us know what you're thinking. You know, do you trust Carson Wentz for all 17 games? Got Taylor Heineke there. Joe, what's your final thought when it comes to this within the final round?
4: I mean, in a perfect world, I give it to you that he starts our first 11, 12 games and we Nick Foles him. You know, maybe Carson's more known for that than anything else. Maybe Carson's known for the guy to get a team 11 games and believe him. And then we have our backup come in and he finishes the job. But at the, it, it, to me, the end of the day, Carson is a journeyman quarterback that is on his last win with us. And so I'm only wishing the best, but I just don't see it. It's very hard for Washington fan to be confident that he's going to be able to play 17 games, let alone be productive. So that's why we're just asking for nine or ten productive games. We can let Taylor finish the rest. We believe in Taylor more than we do.
1: Yeah, you know what it comes... Count- it absolutely and when when you when you think about all that, you know, you just lost the, the starting running back You got to reshuffle the the offense things change now in washington Let's go through the, the schedule real quick when it comes to how they started off. They got the jaguars in week one You definitely even considering everything that's happened I still feel like you should be able to pull that win out at home starting out the season You go on the road for the next game to the to the lions um, it's probably going to be a tough one with Dan Campbell. What we've seen on Hard Knocks, um, actually got the Lions winning this, and they're going one and one to, to start the season off. I got and it the other week- way around,
4: same concept. I got them winning week one and losing to us week two because they fought hard coming into the season.
1: That's that's what I'm saying. I said that, that the Commanders win to the Jaguars in week one, and they lose to the Lions in week two. No, I got
4: the Lions the other way. The Lions will win week one and lose to us in week two. That's why I Oh. Win
1: backwards. Well, so and, so you think they're going to be the Jaguars and be 2 and 0 starting out?
4: I believe Washington has a 2 and 0 chance.
1: Okay, keep let's keep track of this. Eagles, they have for the third game of the season. I've got the Commanders winning this game. Do, what do you think? Do You think they're going to win this game or they're going to lose and be 2 and 1? 2 and 1 possibly
4: cuz Eagles early in the year tend to have their best version of themselves early in the year. So I just don't know how we intend on stopping Jalen Hurts when we have a court a defensive coordinator who calls bland defenses in the middle of the year so i just it just always eases me and rubs me wrong when we have an, an, a hard task on the defensive side and and you know the jaguars doesn't present a hard task and the detroit doesn't present a hard task and that's why i believe they're winnable games along with the teams not being as good but week three philly has that it factor right now and it, they'll either show it versus us or we'll 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 go three and up, but I just see Philly getting us that week. I got to set two and one at after week three.
1: So week two and week three are our wild cards so far. We both have them a little bit different, but we both Correct. see it being potentially two and one going through the Correct. third week. Uh, so going into the fourth week against the Cowboys for the first game of October, going into Jerry World. I've got the commanders beating the Cowboys here in week four to be three and one and to shock the world here on October 2nd. How do you feel? Are you got you got the winning or losing this one?
4: There's no way I'm going to say we're going to lose to the Cowboys, first of all, but I'm going to have substance with it and just explain to you that the Cowboys coming into us will only have won games based off of them running the football because they will not believe in their wide receivers as much or they will have success running. That will not be the case versus us. We will not allow that to happen between tackles running, which will not set up play action, which means Dak's got to go out and beat us on his own. And if he peel, if he's going to throw 40 times versus us, then it's up to, wrong, to, to um, Jack to call the right call to make that hurt. Because any quarterback throwing 40 or more times usually, it's not a good sign in the regular season. So that's just where I'm at with that.
1: I, this is the fourth game starting out the season. I have them starting out 3-1, and one, say whatever they want. But then after that, going into the fifth game, I, this is where it starts. the, 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 the tide's going to start to change. They're, they have the Titans coming into um, Landover, and I feel like the Titans are going to pull this one out going into the Commanders. Uh, Carson Wentz will have four full games under his belt at this point. Um, then he's going to, you know, going into Game Five. I have a feeling that the Titans are going to come in and beat the Commanders. They've been building a pretty good program over there uh, with Mike Vrabel. I feel like they're, they're going to come in and play very well. Out- they're physical. They're
4: very yeah, physical. yeah. They're,
1: they're, they're, and you know, despite they don't really whether it's Tannehill or whoever the quarterback that they have playing in um, for this season, they're going to they're going to have a pretty good season. They, they you know overall and, and- they're they're well they're well built.
4: And a flip flop with that. We didn't mention that AJ Brown is an Eagle. So with them not having an AJ Brown, but us seeing AJ Brown now twice, you can't forget that.
1: Absolutely. So with that, I have them being three and two going into Chicago. And going into Chicago, I feel like the Commanders have a pretty good chance uh, beating this this uh, Chicago team. Although you know, seeing some of the things they've been doing during preseason with the Bears, Justin Fields. If they do this right, they could have something special here in Chicago. It's just a matter of when they're going to be able to turn it on. And if the coaching can stay consistent with what they've had here recently within Chicago, how do you feel about this? Do you feel like the commanders will win this game or do they will lose to the Chicago bears?
4: I feel like we're going to win this one, but I'm telling you, it's almost what you just said about Chicago right there. And I, you take Chicago right out and put Washington in that same sentence. and, And it's, if if we execute and we play to what we have, we have the ability to be four and two, five and one going into the first six games. But you've gotta execute and you've gotta be you've gotta have the right game plan for each game.
1: So with this take, you know, going to this, I have the you know, commanders and bears. At that point, and 4-2 with the Packers coming into Landover for the next game. I definitely would have to say the Packers, for Darrell's sake, will win this game coming into Landover um, against the two-time back-to-back reigning MVP quarterback. (laughs) Regardless if he doesn't have Devontae Adams or not, he's still a threat to the entire league um, and definitely to this commander's defense. Actually, they are pretty established at this point. Not established enough that – I can't say that Aaron Rodgers can't pick apart that defense. I have to say that the Commanders will be 4-3 and at this point coming into this game against the Packers. What do you think?
4: I agree. And just to add a little salt to it, I feel like if we somehow lose to Chicago, we'll beat Green Bay. And if we beat Chicago, I think we'll split that rival group because the NFL is so weird. Like, we're not nobody's favorite. I'm not going to bet to beat the Packers. But it's just the way sometimes some things set up, and if you play a weak team before and then they beat you, then you your coach could be on the hot seat, and they come and play their best game the next week. Or if Green Bay played a hard team like you know San Fran and they were physical with them the week before, and then they come face them. it's always the matchup before and after, and also how you approach it going into the game. So sometimes I give a different perspective with that, but I am I'm adamant about how. This Jekyll and Hyde shows up sometimes to watch, and this—I can tell you, my bad—we could compete with everybody, just like the NFL is designed for. But you have to execute, and you have to protect what's yours—the ball and possessions.
1: Absolutely, and then when you have the Packers there, you know I'm saying they'll be four and three going into the Colts. Carson wins against his former team. They've got Matty Ice now. Um, I feel like it's going to be back to back tough ones. uh, You know, especially going into that, they're going to be four and four in my opinion. Finishing October, uh, just barely at five hundred, they're going to be four and four finishing October, losing back to back games against these teams, the Packers and Colts. Going into back home at Landover against the Vikings, Kirk Cousins will come to town if he's healthy. And if the team is still healthy and if Carson's still healthy, whether it's Heineke or not, I have a good feeling that by this point, losing back to back games, they're going to turn it around and beat the Vikings at home to be five and four at that point. How do you feel about that, Joe? Starting out here in November, the first game in November, how do you feel about that?
4: I hope Kirk Cousins is healthy for that game because it's going mean, to give us motivation. Absolutely. That's absolutely. All I can
1: say. No, you're absolutely right. Going into Philly for the next week, though, um, you know I have them barely at five and four, leaving uh, against that home matchup with the Vikings. I feel like they're going to lose to the Eagles coming into that next game, and to be so five you got us five. getting
4: swept. See what I'm saying? See that's why I think the pride kick in. I think because I called the first one a loss, I have to give the second one a win or vice versa. Because here's the NFC least. The NFC East, the NFC, whatever you want to call it, it's always competitive football all the way to week 17. And what that means, as soon as somebody has a two-game lead, that means they're going to blow that lead in the next two to three weeks because nobody runs away with the division. They want to say, oh, the last 19 years we've had 19 different win." No, you've had 19 competitive seasons of, of division football. That's what you've had. And so I just don't see the Eagles running away with it as they're like the now favorite since Dallas's line is depleting. And I know we can get them one time. I just don't know if it's at the beginning of the year or if it's this week we're referring to here. But I think we would take a L versus the Eagles on the second go around.
1: Yeah, you know, it's just when I when I put on that perspective, I, I did have them winning that first one, I believe. I just feel like at this point in the season. I just feel like it's going to make that record at 5-5 and at this point. This team's going to struggle here with it being midway point in November. Just looking realistically with how they usually play within the division and how things are structured currently, I feel like it's going to be another year before I see some really big growth in the organization. I have to pick them losing in Philly uh, for this November 14th game to say that they'll be 5-5. and Going into the next week, going into Houston, though, they're playing the lowly Texans who have dealt with all that backlash from the Deshaun Watson situation. Haven't really made big enough moves for me to say that they have, um, you know, we we, could, we should be losing to them or me to pick it. So at this w. point, I'm going to say they're going to win and to be 6-5, and five, leaving Houston after this November 20th game. Um, going into the next week, I do have them coming back home against the Falcons, which, you know, losing Matty Ice, the 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 acquisition the acquisitions they've made, I can't really say additions because you haven't really replaced Matty Ice, but the acquisitions they've made at quarterback and what they have with Kyle Pitts and all. I still feel like they're a pretty good um, you know, uh, a pretty good squad. However, I feel like the commanders can beat them here at the last game of November to be seven and five to finish November. How do you feel, Joe?
4: I think our running backs can just beat that Atlanta team if we find a way to use three back set versus them. I believe that's how we beat Atlanta.
1: All right. Yeah, that's definitely a good take on that. I definitely feel like that should be utilizing that. And, you know, if Ron Rivera does that, we'll see what happens. Uh, The next week we go to New York against a team with Daniel Jones. He may or may not even be the quarterback at that point. How do you feel they do against uh, Daniel Jones and the Giants or whoever the quarterback is for that first game of December?
4: if you follow this division if you know what we do and you're a washington or giants fan you know these are the ugliest games we play against one another it'd be a 10 to 6 game 9 to 6 game so i'm gonna say we win in a dog fight regardless of daniel jones is there or not it's just always ugly when washington and, and the giants play so first one i'm going with us in like a 13 to 9 game <laughs>
1: I agree. I agree with that. So at that point, I, we will will say with my record that I haven't met it so far, eight and five, leaving that New York Giants uh, matchup. Four, four games left in the season. We have the Giants, which is it's odd. Like it's like back-to-back back games. to back games. How often does that even you know come about? You know, with many seasons, but Correct. not that often. But back to back, I feel like coming back home. You've already pumped up because you beat them at their house. You're gonna beat them again. They're gonna be nine and. Five at this point coming into the last part of the season first game back at home for december they're going to win it going into san francisco though the following game i feel like they're going to lose against a jimmy g led san francisco 49ers on christmas eve they're going to lose and we're not going to have a christmas present what do you think about that one
4: i gotta win because if we're going to beat the giants twice and we're going to go and have an opportunity to play in the playoffs And that means that somebody else is not in the playoffs. And San Fran could be struggling with Trey still stumbling into that week versus us, or even if Jimmy G is the quarterback. But I just don't see San Fran having the success that they automatically assume they're going to have walking into this year. Um, I think it's one of them games we'll need to win and we'll win just because we need to win it.
1: By my calculations, you are at 10 and 5. I'm at 9 and 6 at this point. With mm-hmm. two games left in the season, the Browns come into town against the Commanders. I have the Browns actually winning with a Deshaun Watson-led team, and we will be nine and seven at this point. How do you feel about that? Do you have? Do you think Deshaun I agree. Watson wins that? So, one hundred percent
4: agree, but it'll be, it'll be running. Okay. They're going to teach us how to play in the playoffs because they're going to run. Chubb is going to run right through us. It's not even going to be a Watson show. It's going to be Chubb just running consistently, pounding the rock, and we're gonna that they're going to show us what we need to do in order to be successful. And I think that's that's like one of the medicine games we'll need going uh, into the postseason run if we were to have one.
1: Absolutely, and and that's you know the Browns might not be in playoff contention at that point because of the suspension and what they do during that time frame without Deshaun Watson, but you'll see flashes of the future. Because he's going to be studying that playbook, you know he's already been there during training camp and during preseason, so he's already gotten time with the team during his downtime. He's going to be studying that playbook and getting to know it. And then we have the final game of the season still in Washington or Landover, and at this point, I have the team at nine and seven going into this game. I feel like at this point, against the the Cowboys, are going to beat them twice and sweep them twice. To finish the season at ten and seven, Joe, do you do you have them getting the win here?
4: I think this game is going to be for the division title, even though Philly was the favorite. I think that this could lead to the division title, and it would have us winning. Eleven Um, and
1: six is what you would pick them at if you have them winning here. I'll be I'll be one less. I've got them at I've got them at ten and seven. You got them at eleven and six. Correct.
4: I'll take either one though. Don't get twisted.
1: I'll take either I'll, one. I'll take eleven and six because that'll most likely guarantee us the division, depending on how the other teams play. Correct. But I, you know, some some people are going to be saying, "What are these guys doing talking about this?" You know, is saying that they, they feel like this is guaranteed. You know, I, it's not guaranteed. It's just our picks. If we were to pick based on the schedule right now, and if Brian Robinson comes back and he comes back, we'll say a little over midway point of the year because that will be, you know, three, three, about three months, you know, midway point. Well, you know, well, no, I'd say about like two and a half months. Yeah. He might be able to heal in enough time, but he's got a rehab and stuff. We, you we know, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but it's not as severe as what we once thought when we first heard the news. So Correct. Carson Wentz, you know, has been dependable during training camp, but does he finish during that schedule is what I was getting to with going through all the schedule part. I don't feel like he finishes that schedule out and they get, the division title that way, I feel like it's going to be Taylor Heineke who comes hey, in at some point and proves that he can possible. be a quarterback in this
4: league. Quarterbacks tell your story. Quarterbacks tell your franchise a story. And so, you know, the, the Phillies' one Super Bowl is, is an anomaly where you have your starting quarterback start the first three-fourths of the year and then your backup comes and leads you to a Super Bowl. I mean – Oakland, the Raiders had it a long time ago with Stabler and all of them back in the day coming in with the backup and, and winning. It's not often that that happens. So you almost have to wish Carson success in health to play. Now, he may not play all 17, but you want him healthy so that Taylor can get four or five games in, shows that we have a viable backup, and it also keeps Carson fresh for a playoff run if we were to have one.
1: Yeah, I was I would say I would definitely agree with that. I mean, it just depends on what Carson Wentz does with the time starting in. And if it's if they pull him for injury and Haneke goes in and plays well, that's one thing for morale. But if it's you know, he's struggling, when do you pull the plug? And when will they pull the plug? That's that's you know, they have 17 games now that they have to play. There's a lot, there's a lot more that goes into that one last game. Absolutely. It's detrimental to the entire season and in a lot of cases, especially in this NLE NFC East that is known for having that last game of the season nail-biter to get in the playoffs type of situation or seeding, whether it's you're the one who's the division winner and the next one's the wild card or you're the one who wins to get in and the other one's going home. It's one of the two. Absolutely. So definitely detrimental either way. You know, we've gone through all of these rounds, six rounds here on the in-or-out sports debate, and we've definitely got a little bit more to go. We've got the Vault of Fame that we should acknowledge real quick and acknowledge that our guy is now a two-time Vault of Fame inductee. Let's go ahead and rock and roll. Acknowledge me. And that's right, my god Joe D is a two-time Vault of Fame inductee here on the Inner Out Sports Debate with episode 42. Don't forget next week we have episode 43 this Sunday for a special edition Sunday evening at 8:30 p.m. Eastern as well as the best of episodes 26 through 30 next Monday here on the Inner Out Sports Debate with Inner Out Sports Debate's volume 6 with that best of, episodes 26 through 30 on Legacy Maker Sports Network, as well as announced previously, episode 44 will be here next Tuesday with Brian Snow of Snowman in the Morning here at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, as well as James Brown of the Legacy Maker Sports Network here for episode 45. We are at 45 episodes, Joe, here on the inner Out Sports Debate this is episode 42 my guy is ready and rock and rolling to be going up here with the final word he is ready to knock it out of the park to finish this episode off on a greater note than what he's already put forward so forward he's already done such a great job man thank you again joe for coming back but we have one other segment to go through and that is the final word And here on the final word, for those of you who are new to the show, just checking it out here for episode 42, potentially, the final word is where we have just anything that's on our mind from all the topics we discussed here on the show or just all the topics in general in sports. What is on your mind there, Joe? Go ahead and kick this off with the final word.
4: New York, U.S. Open these celebrities that have come to watch the greatest tennis player of all time come to a culmination of a career. And call your shot doing it at 40 playing tennis when your life shelf is less than 10 years and it starts at 18, she's done two whole terms of tennis is how you'd like to call it. So I wanted to throw my flowers to Serena Williams for putting in the time the effort, the dedication. She has made the game better. She has made people following her suit. These young ladies that are following her now have the DNA of her because they watched her dominate. They watched the power of the serve. They watched her aggression, her emotion, her dedication, and it has bled throughout the sport. So I wanted to give them a praise to Serena Williams, regardless of what the final results are for you at the U.S. Open, regardless if you do part-time after this, It has been an honor to be in the same realm and watch you play tennis and bring that joy and excitement to a game where only you shine as an individual and you only lose as an individual. And that is something that is hard to do.
1: I love that take. And, you know, Mia Walea Kenso covered this on um, episode 20 as well. Talking about Serena Williams, um, you know, did a great job covering that and with her coming back is definitely huge for tennis and, uh, you know, her, her having, I guess, her farewell tour, which well, she's calling it an evolution, not a retirement. But with Correct. all that being said, um, it's definitely huge for tennis uh, for her to come back. But with my final word, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go back into you, San Francisco 49ers. I already lit you up last week on the Legacy on Fire. And I look forward to seeing what my guys have to see, have to say tomorrow. Joe D is going to be on tomorrow tomorrow's episode of Legacy on Fire as well. So I look forward to see how he follows up my appearance on The Legacy on Fire. It's very hard to do what I did. Not, not hard to do what I did. Hard to follow up what I did because that was a legendary episode. You saw it. You saw it with my take on Jimmy G. I, enough said. I'm sorry. I don't usually toot my, horn, my own horn that often. But when it comes to that episode Go look at the fuse just look at the episode in general look at that clip that i played for you guys check this out we have lit it up now for an hour and a half the longest reigning episode on the Interhouse sports debate i told you it was going to be special i told you this was going to hit some echelons and it did with episode 42 That's my final word, and what I have to say when it comes to San Francisco 49ers, I hope you watched it, and I hope that's why you kept Jimmy Jimmy G, because he needs to be with San Francisco. He wants to be in San Francisco, and he wants to prove it, that he can stay healthy and take this team further in the playoffs, not only – further in the playoffs to the Super Bowl, but get you that Super Bowl and take that advice that Thomas Edward Patrick Brady second gave you at one point in time with those two Super Bowls that you sat on the bench with the headset and you learned how to be a quarterback and you did with Thomas Edward Patrick Brady the second. I rest my case.
4: News alert, Thomas Brady has played more games this year than Carson Wentz.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, and missed more time than Carson Wentz. (laughs) However, when it comes to – oh, you're talking about Carson Wentz or Jimmy G?
4: Tom Brady will play more games than Carson Wentz this year.
1: Oh, of course. Of course. You you brought up Thomas
4: Edward. Anytime you brought – I just had to keep with the Thomas Edward push.
1: He's still ranked number one. You know, I can still – we can still keep this – he's still ranked number one out of the best of – what was the best of 500 players or whatever it was that list that came out. Mm -hmm. Still number one, and he is 40 mother-fathering five years old, Joe. 45 years old. You could pencil him
4: in for 15 games. You could pencil him in for 15.
1: I think he plays all 17 like he did last year. He's going for records. He's going for 100,000 passing yards at this point. So when you, when you put all that in perspective, Brady is, uh, what, what is his, what is his total real quick? Let me, let me actually, you know, if you don't mind guys, let me take a second and let me see what, uh, let me see what his passing yards for his career are, you know, passing yards are at because I think he's at like nine ninety he enters a two that with 97,000 career passing yards. Mm-hmm. No, no, he has eighty four thousand a regular season. The rest are postseason. So, but he still needs to get sixteen thousand more yards. Which, if he played for three more years at the rate that he's playing right now, I believe he could do that. He'll reach hundred thousand when it comes to combined with the postseason. But when it right. comes to when it comes to, I think he wants to stick around and play and get a hundred thousand regular season because he could he's so damn close he's benjamin button it like everybody plays
4: for championships at the end of your career he already did that he's playing to take out dan marino and pat and peyton man he wants all their hundred thousand yards taken away he wants to attack their touchdowns taken away he wants everything do you hear me he doesn't want that civil conversation oh tom's great winning Super Bowls, but dan i gotta have dan on a shootout no Tom wants everything. Thomas Edward Brady wants it all.
1: He does. And I see him getting to a hundred thousand and maybe it get be i don't I don't see him doing it right in the middle of the season and then stopping in the middle of the season, but he could. Just saying, hey, I got to a hundred thousand. I've got like twenty-four Super Bowls at this point, or whatever it is. Uh, let's go ahead; time to hang it up. At that point, I think he gets, you know, he. I think he gets one more, but that's it. I don't, and 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 it could be this year, but that line is not looking all that great. They, it, it's not proven to me that it's a Super Bowl winning caliber team. I do think that they get to the Super Bowl because I called it on Legacy on Fire in my top five NFL teams in the last episode. I feel like they can make it to the Super Bowl, but I feel like they lose to the Buffalo Bills. It's a tough one. So with that, we have one more thing to acknowledge, and that is the mayhem culmination. Let's see what the fans have to say in response to what we said after the uh, medial mayhem. (music) You know, it, it got lit. It got lit in this chat, my man. Um, you know, we we last we, we, let, we left off on uh what's wrong with Kimmy said Dark. Um that's where we were at at the Medial mayhem. A lot oh, was no. trash. Oh
4: no oh,
2: somebody
1: Wow. somebody I
2: can't tell you for real
1: I oh, know might said it the best for real.
2: Ain't nobody got time for that.
1: Ain't nobody got time for that. Like, even Charles Barkley got to jump in. That's terrible. Because it is. Uh, with that, he then goes from this to so was Roger Craig. Snowman is going to light you up if you come back, John Kimball. First time you've been on here. I was going to thank you for, for being on here, but you're kind of taking to the next realm. I got to save this clip for Snowman. He says that lot was trash and so was roger craig saving that for snowman what do you have to say in response to that
4: man two hall of famers are trash is what he's saying
1: facts and um he's got to be a green bay
4: fan or a dallas fan he's got to be one of the 49ers hated rivals for people that don't like the 49ers that's my only explanation mr kimber
1: absolutely Dark comes back with Jimmy G is the man. So he likes Jimmy G. He's a fan of Jimmy G.
4: Yeah, porn star Jimmy G.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Says straight lit a fire under the 49ers with that take. Yeah, I went off on them on yes, that on did. that clip from, uh, from Legacy on Fire. This is probably what happened. You can't handle the truth. Because I straight lit it up. Thanks, Jack. Let's roll it another time. You can't handle the truth. It was rough, and they made it it happen. They kept him. They're not trading him. They faced the truth, and they made it right by our guy. Um, You know, when when it comes to that, you're absolutely right, Dark. Definitely straight lit a fire under him with that one. Jimmy G wins a super bowel for San Francisco. So he, he wins a super shit. Is what you're saying? Is that or what he's bowel. doing? He
4: takes a bow on his way out of town. I don't
1: know. Well, We'd have to take the EL off. Bowel, and what I'm thinking, is dropping a deuce, in my opinion, and <laughs> what I'm thinking about that. So, you didn't put the turd emoji. Hopefully, you misspelled that. But if you're saying he wins a Super Bowl, on that alone, we got to say this. He's got to get to this point. And right now, we're saying this. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? After all the drama that we've just encountered, I can't say playoffs right now. we got to see how the first half of the season pans out for this team first.
4: Yeah, them re-signing Jimmy just kicked them out of the playoffs. I just want you to know that. That, And sometimes stuff like that happens. But to the, to the spoils of a victory of another team because somebody's going to be moved up into a slot because now they've got a lot of turmoil going
1: on. Kimball comes back with they win it this year. Oh, wow. Uh, And then he says this highlight video proves me right, I guess, talking about how Jimmy G was playing. I mean, I wasn't saying they were going to win the Super Bowl this year, but when, when you're saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl with Jimmy G, this year... And it's going to be that the highlight video proves you right. I actually have to go back with this. (laughs) Screaming A. Smith will come back at you with this. Stay off the
2: weed.
1: Because that's what Snowman comes back with. He calls him Screaming A. Smith, and that's for you, Snowman. I will give you that. But when it comes to that, no, I did not say that because then if I were to say that, this is what I would be in the eyes of Triple H. You know, liar. 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 And no, <laughs> we are telling it to you straight 100, Kimball. No, no, we're we, we not saying that Jimmy G wins the Super Bowl or bowel or whatever you Didn't want Didn't he to already it. get a chance? He did, but I'm—he I, I, might at some point, but I don't know about this year. You know, I'm not—we're we're not even putting that in the equation. I gotta see how they play the first half of the year. But you're saying that them re-signing him messes with the confidence of Trey Lance for one, but that team chemistry-wise is making it to the playoffs. I can't disagree with you at this point. Yeah, but I do say that um, I feel like it was—it uh, was good in the fact that Jimmy G gets to stay and he doesn't worry about all that drama and stuff and go back to what I was saying earlier with it, you know, but he says that he likes your take on San Francisco. So he disagrees with me on that. So, you know, that's, that's good to respect. I mean, him. your take can
4: be right. And so can mine. It's, it's one perspective of Jimmy G's one perspective of San Fran. Jimmy G might not have had any offers. If he didn't get any offers, then that might've been the reason why he comes back. But if he had offers, then why didn't they trade him? So that's Facts. why I'm like, you know, it's always that war room talk with tradings, free agency and off season stuff. It's just always rubs me wrong.
1: No, you're right. I I, I don't disagree with that. Um, you know, it's it, with this, we really don't know how it's going to pan out until we see how the season goes for at least midway to three quarters of the season. That's when some of our questions are start to get answered. That's when some of our exactly. our statements of our predictions get proven right or wrong at that point. But Dark comes back with don't compare him to Fitz Magic, Joseph. Wentz is not that good. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Damn. You have the floor, sir. Look. You must
4: like Ryan Fitzmagic. The only thing I can say is Fitzmagic is smarter than him. We know that for a fact because of his school he went to. But Fitzmagic was on losing teams, letting it rip. He should have played for Bruce Arians under the no no risk it, no biscuit motto because that's what Fitzmagic was. Now I give it to you. He had a longer stretch to prove you and make you fall in love with it. But by the time he got to us in Washington, we were out of love. We were out of love. I knew about his son playing football in Loudoun County. That was the highlight of me and Fitzpatrick, Fitz Magic. I didn't get no magic in Washington. So hey, your
1: call, buddy. Hey, hey. hey you know, that's it's he straight lit a fire under that one. He didn't like you comparing him to Fitz Magic there. Mm. Kimball comes back with Carson Wentz will win another championship in the XFL. <laughs> 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 I gotta give you that one, Kimball. That one. That one was. Welcome back funny. to the circle,
4: Kimball. Welcome back well, to the
1: circle. Welcome back to the circle, Kimball. I'll give you this. Yes yes yes, 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 Because that was that was great, Kimball. That was that was good. I I hope I I have high hopes for him, but I don't want to get my hopes too He's high at the same time.
4: I hopes. Whew.
1: But with that, Kimball fires back for Triple H and Stephanie, I guess, as the owners. I
4: don't it. know. Maybe he saw the Triple H and in, in, uh, HBK moment and thought that that should, should have been Triple H and Stephanie. I don't
1: know. Well, maybe. Uh, I mean, it's kind of funny that you bring up Triple H. Maybe you have watched the past episodes because I have this up my arsenal. If The Rock's the owner of the XFL and... Acquiring the services of Stephanie? I don't know how this would go.
2: Do you think you're really special? Because you've cashed in on the services of one Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. A $2? No. 50 cent? No. Buy two. Get one free. Does anybody have change or nickel nickel? Hey,
1: man. Hey, man. He straight lit that up with... <laughs> Anybody change for a nickel? <laughs> By what? By two get free. Wait, no, wait, no. Yes,
4: that is classic rock, right there. That is Jabroni <laughs> University, right there, yo. Whew. Oh, my goodness. Nobody does it like he does it.
1: Oh, I hope you like that one, Kimball. That one was for you. So, mm. with that, Kimball then says Heineken. I guess he's talking about Heineke wins four Super Bowls over the next 11 years, starting in 2024.
4: Is, is this is this uh, like Jim McMahon on crack or something where our defense is is great and we just have a quarterback there that can be consistent over the next 11 years? Because I don't see how he has an equation of us doing that unless we have something dominant. Something's got to be dominant to be considered four Super Bowls in 11 years.
1: I think our guy Samuel L. Jackson would be asking this question.
2: English motherfucker, do you speak it?
1: <laughs> Absolutely, do <laughs> you speak it? I ain't lying you're it. starting to get out of control with that, Campbell. Let's let's see out if you get control. back into your box. Dark says, "Give me two of whatever he's on." Absolutely, when it comes to that, because that's, dude. I don't know when it would, how to even take that. It kind of goes back to what Granny was doing.
3: Good
1: shit. stay right. off the weed then <laughs> says he's not on anything <laughs> Well if you're not on anything it just he comes back I feel like we have to come back with this You know liar Liar <laughs> Maybe he's uh, coming back to life with Brady makes it to 50 with his next comment
4: mm, Not so much
1: then retires at hundred and eleven thousand passing yards.
4: Five more years of football, needing one tw- almost twenty-five to thirty that he just stated right there.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's
4: thirty-seven.
1: That's a lot in five years. Even Keanu Reeves can't handle that. Whoa. <laughs> that's a lot, dude. That's a lot. That's Whoa. a lot of passing yards. He's 45. It's five years he has to get from 84,000. Or what was it, 84? No. 84 to 111. Yeah, 80, 84 and a half. Yeah, he's at 84, 520. 84, 520. Yeah, 80, yeah he, it's a lot. It's a lot. 27,000
4: over five years is over 5,000 oh. each year. It's not happening.
1: I could see him throwing 5,000 in a year because he's done it. You know, three and five. Yeah, I'd say I was, was gonna say two, but you know, I'll, I'll give you the three, three of the five. So that's 15. So he still has to come up with the other, you know, like what, 12,000 in two years? Yeah, that's not happening. So yeah, and he's not gonna play till 51 or 52 just to get 111,000. If he gets 100,000, he's just gonna be happy with it because he got to 100,000. He's gonna get to 100,000. It's just a matter of when and if he plays till 50. But um, 111,000. Even with what our guy Keanu said with that, no, we're like, whoa, um, you know, and might has to come back for this one too.
2: Bitch, are you for real?
1: <laughs> Seriously, because I just don't understand it. Um, I don't think Brady wants to play that long. Don't take it the wrong way, Joseph. I guess he was talking about when we were uh, acknowledging the comment when we started off the, the, uh, the, or when we were acknowledging the last comments. Okay, never mind. You handled it well. Thank you, Joseph. He likes calling you Joseph for some reason. I would whoop him. Are you talking about who are you talking about? You talking about The Rock? No, The Rock would come back with this. You see, The Rock is gonna take his boot.
2: Oh no. And then the Rock is gonna turn it horizontal or sideways, just the way you like it, or so the Rock has heard. Wait a minute. <laughs> and then Kurt, in one swift motion, the rock is gonna take his boot and stick it straight up your candy ass!
1: And and then when you put all of that in perspective, he then even has the audacity to acknowledge that he was talking about the rock. Yeah. And I have this saved over from the last episode last night for you, too, with this one. Some wild things were said tonight. Uh, really, really said, and I had to acknowledge them with these. And I'm going to go back to this one with Heineke wins four Super Bowls. This is that gives you the troll alert with this last one by Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley would pick Krispy Kreme donuts for the first pick. Well, right, right, look,
0: look at your Fat Ass too. <laughs> Don't you sit me talking about? Put that dude picture back up. Do not go to commercial break. This fat Laker fan. Look at this
2: big old. He gonna talk about me eating donuts. Look at this fat ass. <laughs> Are you kidding me? TK, that's my dude number Come one. Come on, look at his
0: stomach. Look at his gut. Big baby Jonathan. Uh, yeah.
2: Big baby. Big, big baby.
1: are
4: you kidding me
1: (laughs) he can acknowledge the if he can acknowledge the trolls like that then so can we here on the Inner out sports debate with this episode 42 guys it has been one entertaining episode 42 thank you for those couple of you who were here with us throughout the show Um, you did say some far-fetched things the Chosen One has not been back, I, I guess. Uh, he, he, he didn't come. He missed tonight's episode. He didn't come here with... He, you know The Chosen One. He was here for episode 25. Really said some really far-fetched things tonight. Tonight, it seemed like it was more in fun. There was some wild things that were said. But, guys, we went an hour and 50 minutes just about by the time we get through this outro. That means we have one final thing left to do for this episode 42. Thank you again, Joe. For being here for this means a lot, my man. Anytime. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and take this into one badass outro. You guys stay safe out there in these streets. And I will see you this Sunday for another live edition with Joey Raymond at 8:30 that evening on Inner Out Sports Debate. Take care. <laughs>